Welcome back to Millennials Guide to Movies, Season 3, Episode 1. So this is our 31st episode. Here we go again. Yeah, uh, back again. We've had a short break yep. since I moved away to college. She's in college. To my dad's dearest dismay. Yeah, I got over it quick. Though. really upset No, I'm fine. <laughs> I have all this space now in my house. It's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do a different um, theme this year, Taylor. Uh, what is our motif or reoccurring theme this season? Forgotten gems. Ah, okay. So what we mean by that is uh, they're great movies, but they may not appear on TV all the time. So you won't see any big budget movies uh, in this season's uh, episodes, right? Yeah. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Jaws. We're going to do some smaller budget films. Even though those movies are all amazing. <laughs> no, they're great. They're great for sure. But we're going to focus on just forgotten gems this season. Some of you may know these ones and some of you may not. But yeah. They're definitely worth your time if yeah. you made the list. <laughs> yeah, and you may love them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we do. But uh, we just wanted to give a shout out to maybe some smaller budget movies or movies that didn't make a huge amount of time, So. What are we going to start with today, Taylor? The last Starfighter. Oh, man. Now we're talking <laughs> movies. Alex Rogan, Trailer Park, Gunstars. This is like your like religion growing up. Oh, my God. Me and my, my brother used to watch this all the time. But uh, for those who haven't seen it, Taylor, uh, it came out in 1984. What is it about? Uh, a teenage boy who lives in a trailer park becomes a video gaming expert. Mm -hmm. Due to his prowess, he's, a, he's recruited to become a starfighter in an interstellar war. Right, like, <laughs> which is every kid who plays video games dream to be like, first to be the top scorer in the video game, like at the arcade, mm -hmm. and then secondly to be recruited and to like, you know, apply your skills in another universe, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a really cool concept for a movie. Uh, budget, um, it was 15 million. It only made 28 million, so it didn't do a whole lot mm -hmm. at the box office. But uh, I loved it. It's just, it starts off. He's just getting a trailer park. He's going nowhere. He has no money. Um, I feel like he's a pretty likable main character, yeah, though. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of main characters aren't that likable yeah. as much as the side ones. But Alex, pretty, he's pretty helpful and down to earth, and sure. doesn't really want to put the reluctant hero. Yeah, he is, and, and I like that. You know, Centauri picks him up and. You know, it seems like a dream to any of us, but if it really happened to you, you got you got in a car with some strange man, <laughs> flew you into outer space, you turned out to be an alien, the strange man, and then you're surrounded by other aliens. <laughs> I like the part where he's like in his, uh, he's at the base and they show it like one of their top spies and their brains, they get melted down oh, yeah. by uh, Zer. Top effects, right. in case you were wondering. <laughs> right, right. But he, and then Centauri's like, sounds like fun, right? And I was like, I want to go home. Yeah, he's like, please yeah. let me go home yeah. immediately. And, and I think that's a great scene. Because that'd be all, any of us would be very uh, reluctant at first. Mm -hmm. But eventually, of course, he becomes the last starfighter. And he does save the universe at the end of an epic, you know, starfighter battle. Who's his co-pilot again? Uh, Greg, Greg, the lizard guy. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's pretty awesome. He's pretty he's funny. Really yeah, yeah. Entertaining. He has a cool laugh. And uh, it is. It's kind of like a desperate odds type of battle because it's, his one ship against the entire armada mm -hmm. of these aliens who want to kill the, the starfighters and their friends. So, so very a very outlandish theme. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's, not like Star Wars. It's different. Yeah. Uh, what is the theme? To uh, greatness doesn't care where you come from. Anyone can do great things. It's shown by Alex. Right, and it basically goes back to the simple theme as you know we're all just a kid from somewhere from mm -hmm. some town, and you know you, you know all the great people in life all came from somewhere whether it's Napoleon, who came from a little tiny island in Corsica, or Steve Jobs, who came from a little town, you know, in California. You know, we all, no one knows they're going to be great when they're born. They kind of, yeah. they, it can come from anywhere. 
Um, in Alex's case, very all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from a trailer. Park. Yeah. Um, best casting though, too. Uh, Robert Preston as Centauri mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. And a shout out to Chris Hebert, who plays Lewis. Lewis, right, who's <laughs> Alex's little brother. Alex's entertaining little brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's really funny. But uh, I think Alex does a good job, too, because he has to play not only himself, but the baby unit. Uh, the beta unit is yeah. what they put on Earth to like Replace pretend, it, yeah. pretend to be Alex while Alex is like out in space. Right. And like Lewis wakes up in the middle of the night and the beta unit's like <laughs> taking <laughs> off his head and like screwing stuff in. Yeah. And he's like, go back to sleep, Lewis. You're having a very bad dream. <laughs> Lewis, I'm going to tell mom about your playboys. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis has so many good lines. He's yeah. like classic annoying little brother, but yeah. he's like so entertaining. He's very amusing. I've always yeah. the effects in this. I know you said this is one of the first movies to use CGI. CGI, yeah. yeah. But whenever the beta unit takes off his head, it's so. Bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but again, this is the '80s, and even the the laser battles in space. I mean, they are kind of dated by mm-hmm. today's standards, but yeah. I think they still look cool uh, mm-hmm. for the time that they were shot in. Where's Castington? Uh, Barbara Boston as Alex's mom. Yep. Like you said, typical 80s mom, completely oblivious to what Alex is doing. Yeah, like she doesn't know really what he's doing. I mean, he's supposed to be the repairman at the trailer park. But, yeah. You know, he's gone for obviously a long time, and the baby unit is there, and she doesn't know any different that this isn't Alex. Yeah. She's, I know, right? Like, way to know her son. Yeah. And if they live in this tiny little trailer park, you'd think you'd notice if, like, something was going on, yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. She's just doing her own thing, minding her own business. Yeah, she's fine, and she just doesn't really bring anything to the movie, I don't think. Centauri kind of reminds me of um, the guy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, Rufus. Rufus, yeah, yeah, because he kind of like collects them. Yeah, he's very calm and explains everything, and not only explains everything to Alex, he's explaining everything to the audience, Mm -hmm. like what's going on, where are we going. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, and he does it nicely. Uh, memorable quotes, so I'll let you do the first one, because this is how the game opens and basically how the movie opens. It's kind of, kind of Jumanji-ish, it's pretty cool, Yeah, it know? is. Greetings, Starfighter, you've been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. That's such a great quote. It's a pretty fun game, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to play that for sure. Uh, the second quote is from Centauri. Alex, Alex, you're walking away from history. History. Did Columbus say he wanted to stay home? No. <laughs> what if the White Wright brothers thought that only birds should fly? And what did Galoka think the Ulus were? were t- and did Galoka think the Ulus were too ugly to save? <laughs> like, what, was, what was the last one? Yeah, he's like, what? I don't, I don't know what yeah, that means. That he's apply. like, never mind. Yeah, it doesn't apply. To yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right. Now this next quote is me and Taylor. This it's just so awesome. So at the end of the movie, like <laughs> Alex has destroyed the Code Anamara, the main mothership is about to crash into the moon. And there's this really cool scene with the the, the Lord Krill is like the leader mm-hmm. of the Code Anamara. And me and Taylor do this all the time, especially with our, our puppies, because <laughs> the, the Lord Krill has like this monocle that goes like over his eye. It's like a motorized <laughs> monocle. Yeah, a motorized one that moves over his eye and it yeah. <laughs> 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 And he's really serious. He makes it go over his eye, <laughs> like when he's giving orders. Yeah. So, all right, you want to be Lord Krill or the Codan Officer? I'll be the guy. I'll be the Codan Officer. Right, okay. <laughs> Damage report. Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. Divert. Divert. She won't answer the helm. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? <laughs> we die. That's yeah. <laughs> My dad's a big fan of uh, Lord Krill. He's like so serious, but he's like, what else can we do? Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. 
Good job. Yeah, but he's really great in that scene. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trivia, Taylor. We said this earlier. It's one of the first films to use CGI effects to replace like uh, the old way of animating films mm -hmm. or making, you know, like the way Star Wars did it, like stop motion and like uh, figurines. Yeah, they yeah. just made it on a computer, which is incredible. Uh, next one. The star car that Centauri drives is based on a DeLorean, including its gold wing doors and its stainless steel structure. Uh, and, back to the Future. Yeah, and like I feel like this movie, it's very unique, but it also takes a lot of things from other movies. You know, you mm -hmm. get some uh, Bill and Ted, the excellent adventure with like Centauri. So when you get to the Back to the Future car, you get some Star Wars yeah, in there with the space, you know. And, and there's bullies in it, like in the trailer park. Like Alex has this, that one guy who's like a bully, so it's got some karate kid to it. Yeah, I got, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, his girlfriend and like all the annoying yeah. old people that he used to help out all the time. She was in Weekend at Bernie's too. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't even realize yeah. that, yeah. Uh, and last one is, um, according to the screenwriter, uh, Jonathan Boutel, the idea for this movie came because he wandered into a video arcade and saw a boy playing a video game. And also at the time, he read the book The Once and Future King by T.H. White, and it occurred to him that what if a video game had been the sword and the stone, kind of like King Arthur, mm -hmm. and a boy had scored a, an incredible number in the video game, which sent out a ripple effect across the universe. So, really cool idea, I thought. And sequels, Taylor. Not yet. Now, oh, goodness. <laughs> I might be okay with this. And my brother is like, no way, it's perfect. Really? But I think it'd be cool if they kept the heart of the movie because the message is good. Like, you know, because Alex is like, I'm just a kid from the trailer park. Yeah. And Centauri is like, if that's all you think, then that's all you'll ever get to be. Yeah. And I like that message of it. So maybe if they did it again now with today's CGI, it'd mm -hmm. be really cool maybe not a remake but maybe a sequel would be cool yeah because i mean you saw footloose and then the new footloose like literally yeah. it was the same exact plot yeah just with like so that was kind of like a flop you know <laughs> so i mean maybe a sequel. I, I would probably well i would definitely watch it but i don't know if it could eat this and yeah, then yeah. i liked how this movie ended with didn't it end with like lewis playing the video game yeah so right because he wanted to be like alex yeah to be is... like a big brother like his big brother yeah. you know and that's kind of cool and then all the kids in the trailer park are like yeah. hot, trying to get on the machine and yeah. everything and when i saw it i'm like i gotta play more video games <laughs> like, oh my gosh i yeah. need to get recruited because i was 10 when i saw it so yeah you know, 84. it's uh, pretty realistic for you then yeah could happen it still could could happen we yeah might. i better play video games you might uh and our next movie is a recommendation from Taylor's Aunt Anne. Mm -hmm. What is it, Taylor? License to Drive. Oh, 1988. Yeah. Les Anderson, the two Corys. The two Corys. Yeah, man. Together again. Yeah, they were in. Uh, they've been a bunch of movies together. Um, you know, obviously The Lost Boys, uh, Dream a Little Dream, and I think one other one I can't remember right now. But, but as as you probably know, both of them, even if they weren't in movies together, they were very big. In the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, and they were friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, what is the plot of this one? I wouldn't say this one is like as underrated as The Last Starfighter, like not as unpopular, yeah. you know, but definitely one that I hadn't heard of until somewhat recently mm -hmm. on like 16 Candles, <clears throat> Breakfast Club, classic 80s ones, you know. Mm -hmm. But the plot of this one is a teenage boy flunks his driver's test and gets grounded, but he sneaks out at night with his grandfather's mint Cadillac to take out the girl of his dreams right. and, and his best friends. <laughs> and Taylor and I were talking before we record. It's one of those movies where like everything goes wrong for the main character, mm -hmm. kind of like the hangover where 
you have a night in Vegas and everything that could go wrong does go wrong. And it's supposed to be like a fun night, but instead it's like... Right, his worst nightmare because mm -hmm. the girl he takes out passes out because she's drunk. Mm -hmm. The car gets destroyed mm -hmm. both by him, uh, a drunk driver who steals the car, a homeless guy. Yeah. He gets pulled over by the cops. Uh, he gets like in some near fights with some bullies. So mm -hmm. like, just like the worst night possible, but at the end he still gets the girls. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And then I was telling my dad, like, because he completely forgot Heather Graham. This yeah. This is like one of her first roles, and then she was in The Hangover, too. Yeah, so, the, the similarities. Lots of similarities going yeah. on there, yeah. yeah. And there's three main dudes mm -hmm. in License to Drive and in The Hangover. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, four. Well, Doug. Yeah. Doug's gone. Doug, Doug is, like, only at the beginning of the other movie. True. But, uh, budget, Taylor? Uh, eight million, which isn't that high no. for uh, the amount of cars they had involved in this movie yeah. and people and... It made 22 million. Right. So. And I think that it takes place over the course of one night. So it's the same characters, the same sets for the most part. Um, you know, kept probably the cost down. Uh, but what is the theme of this film? Great accomplishments only come with great risks. Right. So Les flunks his driver's test, he lies to his parents, then he gets grounded. Mm -hmm. So, and like every kid who's been grounded, you're like, all right, if I sneak out <laughs> and I do it perfectly, we'll never find out. Yeah. So he sneaks out and of course he gets busted and destroys the car. Yeah. And uh I don't know. But he you know, he learns he learns how to drive throughout the night. Mm -hmm. And actually he he's pretty responsible throughout the night. Like he's taking care of Mercedes Lane, uh his date. He's yelling at his friends to like calm down. Like he's being pretty responsible throughout the night, just the car gets beat up over the course of the night. Yeah, and then, you know, if he hadn't taken this risk, he would never have gotten to go out with Mercedes Lane either. Right. And right. then also at the end of the movie comes like his redeeming moment because his parents are yeah. so mad that he destroyed the car, but his mom ends up going into labor. Yeah, and they don't have a car because their other car is like missing because her sister, the sister had it taken at a protest. Yeah. So Les is the only one who can drive and for some reason only reverse works. Yeah, only reverse works in the car because it's yeah. so demolished. Yeah, so Les has to drive them to the hospital in reverse uh, while she's having a baby, which is pretty impressive and his parents are pretty entertaining too like his dad's like bless you're not driving rudy you drive right and rudy's his little brother and rudy's like it smells like puke in here rudy's like nine years old <laughs> and we're like rudy's not driving shut up, shut up rudy his family's pretty like not yeah. only do we get entertainment from his friends and yeah. mercedes lane but his family he has like this giant family and his yeah. sister is very like nerdy very nerdy but also very human rights yeah. activist and then he has dating this weirdo yeah and then he his mom's pregnant with twins and then he has like this mischievous little brother yeah. and his, his parents are pretty funny too so it's overall a really good cast <laughs> no hands no uh, so yeah best casting movie Corey Haim is Les Anderson of course yeah great Corey Haim also and Lucas and Corey yeah. Feldman did good too yeah yeah for sure uh but we're gonna give a shout out to James Avery who's uh the dad in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's the DMV tester. And, of course, Heather Graham. I think this is one of her first movies. Yeah, she's so young in this. Yeah. Uh, worst cast? Uh, Michael Manasseri as Charles Les's nerdy friend. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. I mean, I guess he doesn't really bring a lot. He does some comedy, but, like, Corey Feldman's supposed to be the wild friend. Yeah. And... I guess this other guy, uh, Charles, is supposed to be their nerdy friend. So, like, I don't know why. Kind of the in, the, in the middle for them. Right. I don't know why they would hang out with this nerdy guy. <laughs> like, why would they bring him along? They couldn't afford Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds like this is the guy they got on budget. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, 
he's he's just not that interesting. You like his parents and everything, though. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah, uh, Carol Kane. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, she was in uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, and, um, that show, The Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah. Um, memorable quote still. No thanks. <laughs> well, this is at the end of the book. This is the last line of the book. Go ahead. No thanks, Dad. I already have a Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I he, was like, oh, that's so cute. Right, and then he hops in the car with Mercedes and takes off. And that's a good ending to the movie. Yeah. Because doesn't he want, like, a Mercedes the whole time? And yeah. Like... Well, no, he's bugging his dad about, uh, he wants him to buy a car. Yeah. He's like, yeah, how about a BMW or a Cadillac? And his dad jokes him. He's like, here, I finally have your car. It's the beat up Cadillac. Yeah. He's like, no thanks, Dad. Uh, and then the next quote is another Les Anderson quote. Go ahead. An innocent girl, a harmless drive, what could possibly go wrong? Right. And Everything. He, <laughs> right. And he talks to the camera in that scene, uh, which is like foreshadowing. Ferris Bullery. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even the audience knows, like, everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> it's not going to be a smooth <laughs> so, and nice right, drive. This is a bad idea, right? Right off the bat. This would make me want to rewatch this movie. It's, it's great. It, yeah. It's great. Like, even, like, the beginning when he's, like, he's being all careful, like, he... Takes out the uh, light bulb so no one knows the car isn't there. Mm -hmm. He backs the car out like a neutral without turning it on, but it runs over some bushes on the way out. So right, like right off the bat, things are going wrong. I like that throughout the night, he, like even though he's not home, it like flashes back to his parents because a lot of the times it's like, yeah. oh, the parents are forgotten, like they don't care, whatever. But they come close to finding it out. Yeah, because yeah. you know his mom has pregnancy cravings and stuff going on, so the dad's constantly like going into the garage, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. is he gonna notice the car's gone? He doesn't know that Les is gone or the car's gone. Typical eighties parents have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. No, 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 no. But uh, last quote is uh, one of our favorites: "I'll be the driving instructor, you be left." Okay, right. that sounds fair. <laughs> now, I want you to take a good look at my cup of coffee. Now, I love my cup of coffee. It's probably the only thing I cherish on this godforsaken mud ball called Earth. What I'm trying to say, Anderson, is that most examiners rely on this clipboard. There was another window. I don't believe in that. <laughs> what I do believe is in my cup of coffee. Now, this coffee is hot. If it falls on me, it'll probably burn me, right? Speak up, son. Yes, yes. And nobody likes to get burned. I'll do that. No, no. Yeah, so it's simple. You burn me, you fail. You don't, you pass. So ridiculous. And of course, this coffee's filled to the brim. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 like, yeah. and remember, like, his sister's Natalie's taking that really easy one? Yeah. It was like the easiest guy at the DMV. He's like, wow, now go over this hill. Yeah. Well, let's see how you parallel park now. <laughs> and it's like this huge space. And he's like, very good. And he's like, they're on this tiny little quiet neighborhood yeah. street. And then Les is like having a parallel park. In like, the city. Yeah, and yeah. in the city with like people running past and yeah. bikers and everything. Yeah, and like, yeah. He's like, wow, good job, Natalie. When Taylor was learning how to drive, I used to do that too when she was driving. Like, very, very good, Taylor. <laughs> and that guy's voice. Yeah. Uh, okay, trivia. Uh, neither Corey Haim nor Corey Feldman had their driver's license when filming began, which yeah. explains a lot. Well, no, it's kind of cool. They're age-appropriate for the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's hard to find nowadays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, next one is... Go ahead. While Corey Feldman's character is fixing the dent on Corey Haim's character's grandfa grandfather's Cadillac hood, he makes the comment that his parents are like vampires. Both Haim and Feldman starred in the vampire movie The Lost Boys. Yeah, a fine film in its own right. Uh, and then the last quote or last bit of trivia is uh, nine Cadillacs were purchased for this film, which makes sense because they really beat the heck. Yeah, out so of the I don't know how their budget was like not that big. I mean, it made, it made a good amount of money, but yeah, I mean, they but they, you know they're paying teenage actors and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it only nine takes. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few sets. It's just you know the house where they live, the school, 
and the night of activities like yeah. you're out on the road most sure. of the time so. the diner yeah. yeah yeah but uh yeah fine movie for sure sequel stealing not yet yeah I'm no that, yeah. yeah yeah it's just a good movie it's very funny like it's a movie you don't think will be funny and it is actually pretty amusing yeah and i feel like they give all the characters like good lines you know yeah. it's just like really creative idea and everything most of the characters are pretty likable so yeah, and I, you don't know really really what's gonna happen next which i like like you know the car is gonna get beat up but you don't know how yeah and i think that's pretty cool and then that they give him a redeeming moment at the end where he's not in trouble anymore yeah like, that's nice he gets out of trouble yeah. yeah so that's pretty cool so i think both of these movies are worth your time if you're interested yes even though we already explained most of it yeah. but both forgotten gems both forgotten gems so underrated and we will see you guys soon thank you guys for listening Thank you.